We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. You know, it's 12.02 right now. If they want to fire me at 12.05, I'll go home and find something to do. I'll have a good day. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen here. This is part two of the episode we recorded, Alex and I, on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, talked a little bit in part one about coronavirus, everything that's going on around the league. With that, um, LeBron's big weekend, the Lakers' big weekend, LeBron versus Giannis for the MVP. Uh, in part two, we'll take a look at the fantasy awards, which the NBA uh, is promoting right now. Fantasy MVP, fantasy sleeper, fantasy pickup of the year. You can go vote for those. Uh, so we'll discuss the candidates there, and then we'll get into some futures bets and you know some of the races for executive of the year, coach of the year, some of the races that we haven't talked about quite as much on this podcast this season. So uh, we'll dive into that, and then Alex will be back with the regular episode on Friday. Okay, let's get into some gambling. Uh, we've obviously touched on on a lot of these odds throughout the year, but uh, I, I wrote something up for 
for our partners at Yahoo yesterday, and they uh, they wanted us to kind of help them promote in some ways, I guess, the official NBA Fantasy Awards, okay. which I don't know if this has been a thing in the past. It's possible. Siakam won most improved or whatever. Or oh, so it, it, this has been year? a thing? I remember it last year. Yeah, I think Siakam had a... Uh, was one of them like biggest sleeper? Was that one of the awards that it was? There were only three, and so oh, okay. you can you can vote for these on on NBA.com. I mean, don't really care if you do or not, but you can <laughs> do that. They're most valuable fantasy player, uh, fantasy sleeper of the year, and fantasy pickup of the year. So kind of a sleeper in some ways, but I guess more of like somebody who wasn't drafted. I suppose yeah. the criteria for that one is you had to be drafted in fewer than twenty percent of leagues. Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham End was my story. pick. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with it. We can just run through these real quick. The options, uh, these I did not choose these. The options were Devontae Graham, Nemanja Bielitsa, Markel Fultz, Kendrick Nunn, P.J. Washington. I think it's between Nunn and Graham, and it's not close. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize Bielitsa was only drafted in 2% of leagues. Like, I guess, you know, if you picked him up, like, that's been, that's been fine. But he, I, I think he ranks 69th overall. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing 85th, but like that in 8-cat at least. Yeah. But that, a lot of that has to do with Bagley and right. not being able to stay healthy and then Deadman. Yeah. I mean, I just – and Harrison Barnes was still there. I mean, I think it was fair for most people to assume like, okay, Bielitsa needs 30 minutes to be fantasy relevant. Right. He's going to get 23. Why draft him? Yeah, to me, I mean, I, and I wrote this in the article, but Devontae Graham is by far the winner of this one. I, I wouldn't even consider anyone else. I mean, he, he, was, he was somehow drafted in 13% of leagues, which – I don't remember even like we didn't even have like a full write up on him. Yeah. I don't think until like right just before the season. I mean, he was basically a kind of a faceless, you know, G League guy who I think he played in like forty six games last year, averaged like seven minutes. Like every team has guys like that who you just you don't even really consider them, you know, a real fantasy type of commodity. And then for him to now be a top forty player, he is um, eighth in total minutes, fifth in made threes, and fourth in assists this season he's only missed one game yeah i mean I, i'm seeing him as got average adp on espn of 115 yahoo 111 fan tracks 424 um and fan tracks leagues usually go pretty deep you know i think a lot of times espn yahoo stuff gets auto drafted um but yeah i mean i don't i don't think it's close like like you mentioned this was a guy who i think the only reason he's not winning most improved is because he played so little last season that mm -hmm. it, people don't even like acknowledge it yeah i almost feel like he, he should be like uh grandfathered into like rookie of the year like that almost feels more appropriate you know like he yeah. technically he played in over half of their games last year but i you, you just don't really even remember nobody was watching those games um it yeah it, it just it feels like this is his rookie year in a lot of ways as as far as Fultz goes he's been fine um i'm seeing him in eight cat ranked 125th but he was also average adp of like 140 mm -hmm. on most sites keep keep in mind that these rankings take into account the nba's official scoring system oh which, points leagues yeah well it's it's just a lot more kind to to guys like fultz who don't shoot threes and don't That's have true. great percentages um but yeah i mean to me he's kind of in the bielitsa category it's like yeah he's been rosterable but like is one of these guys has been like a legitimate fantasy star and the yes. other four have just been like okay options um Fantasy sleeper was a little more interesting. The candidates, or the, the criteria, I should say, is um, you had to have a preseason rank or ADP of 80 or higher. 
And these rankings were supplied to me. I don't know where the rankings came from, but yeah. the options were Hassan Whiteside, Demontis Sabonis, Brandon Ingram, Spencer Dinwiddie, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, it's either uh, well, it's Whiteside or uh, there was someone else that you said. So Whiteside, Sabonis, Ingram, Ingram. Dinwiddie, Wiggins. I for me, it's either Whiteside or Ingram. Yep, yep. I, Sabonis, the numbers are almost even better than I thought. He uh, he's 14th in total fantasy points using the NBA scoring system, which again lends well to guys like him who, who rack up a lot of counting stats. Um, so he's, I mean, I, to me, it was one of those three: Ingram, Sabonis, Whiteside. But when you really start to look at it. Ingram is kind of the Devonte Graham of this group where yeah. the other two guys have had great years, but I mean, Ingram has basically jumped up like almost a hundred spots from where he was being drafted in October. And with Whiteside and Sabonis, like Whiteside, we've, we'd seen it before just yes. in small doses. And there's just some question marks about his role, about when Nurkic would be back. Zach Collins getting hurt has helped him. Whereas Sabonis has just kind of improved on what he'd already done. Like Ingram has become a completely different player. Like I counted it up. He, he, uh, I think needed only, now I've lost it, th- only 13 games to make more threes than he made all of last year, which is insane. And his free throw percentage is up to 86% after shooting 67% last year and obviously on much higher volume. Like he has become a guy who is essentially written off as like, yeah, good riddance. You know, we'll happily trade him to New Orleans for Anthony Davis to a guy that I, I don't think LA regrets that trade, but I don't think the Lakers had any idea that he was going to be this good this soon. No, I think the Spurs could have traded Kawhi for him, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think it's Ingram because there were, you know, there were, I think there were a lot of people who were, would be happy to reach for Hassan Whiteside. In our keeper league, I, I don't want to say I reached for Whiteside, but I definitely bit up some people to get Whiteside because you knew that if Whiteside somehow uh, got 30 minutes a game. Somehow. Somehow some got way. 30 we all knew he could do this. Yeah, right. Like there's, it's not a shock that you know if, if Whiteside gets thirty minutes, he can do this. I, on the other hand, Ingram, um, you know, people were definitely perceiving him as you know upside of people yeah. thought his upside was like seventy fifth right. or maybe maybe fiftieth ranked fantasy player, and that would be a stretch. And I don't even, I don't even think really the injury to Zion affected his adp drastically i'm sure people, not at all no. some people started drafting him earlier but i think most people were just hopping on the Derek favors train as soon as zion got hurt so yeah and i think the zion like the news the concrete news on zion came later you know like it it, at late. the time it wasn't like oh he's gonna miss three months or four months or whatever it was like i, I don't think that it, i think it was just like people were way down on ingram and not only was he just not that good his first three years but there was also the blood clot yeah. that was well, hanging yeah, over it, him too i mean like he basically didn't get to even work out for most of the summer which it makes this whole transformation even more impressive and i, I think you can kind of say the same thing about lonzo and he he clearly hasn't made this much of a leap but he was hurt for a lot of the offseason too and still found a way to kind of restructure the jump shot um so both of those guys you know have, have obviously been uh, among the sleepers mvp was basically the top five guys in terms of total fantasy points um again in, in that scoring system Harden, Giannis, LeBron, Jokic, Davis. I went with Harden. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Giannis kind of taken a step back defensively. You know, maybe not as a real life defender, but as a fantasy stat racker upper uh, has has kind of hurt him a little bit. Like him and Harden are basically like equal in blocks, which is insane. <laughs> and I mean, Harden. Yeah. You know, obviously, you'd rather have Giannis in real life, but I, I think fantasy wise, it's still Harden. I agree. Um, yeah. 
I don't really have a take on that other than like Giannis playing, you know, only 31 minutes a game or whatever. Right. It just hurts his fantasy value and will continue to hurt his fantasy value if this mm-hmm. continues to be the trend for him. And, you know, there's going to be other guys like Harden who see 37 minutes a game consistently. Yep. Um, the other thing with Giannis, too, is the free throw percentage, which I don't I don't know if you have those rankings up for ACAT. Right I do. It doesn't hurt him as much in this format, but no, in AK, I think he's the worst free throw uh, value guy in the league. Is turn yeah, like, the guy who hurts your team the most in terms like, is of he outside throw. of the top ten even now? So, uh, at at this, what I'm looking at is Giannis is the worst free throw percentage value in the league. He will tank your free throw percentage the most. Yep, and that's by, I mean, he's at sixty three percent on Oof. 10 attempts a game and zion is second worst at yep. six basically the same percentage 64 percent at eight attempts a game mm-hmm. so yeah basically everything good that Giannis is doing in terms of like rebounding scoring yep. field goal percentage he's very much canceling out uh with his with his free throws and it would be a different story if he was even at like 70 percent, but 63 on that many attempts so that, that was kind of the other tiebreaker with him and harden is Harden is once again for like the seventh straight year leading the league in free throw attempts and he's hitting 86.4. So he's, yeah. he's single-handedly, you know, maybe winning you that category. I mean, on that, on basically 12 attempts per game right? at that rate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think not much of a case really for LeBron or Jokic this year. I mean, especially when compared to no. those two crazy elite guys. Davis was probably my third choice. Um, I mean, he leads the league in steals plus blocks, which is, you know, uh, especially with kind of the dearth of like traditional centers these days like there just aren't that many guys who rack up a lot of both and Whiteside's number two actually in that category almost entirely because he's leading the league in blocks by a ton but Davis is is definitely the highest in terms of like average at both of those and you know I think what he's doing defensively has been super valuable he's outscoring LeBron his rebounding is down a little bit but you know over three assists I I think he's been almost quietly kind of right behind Giannis and Harden in, in terms of being the third best guy in this type of format. Yeah, if you're playing basically a points format, um, he's going to have a huge advantage compared to even guys like Carl Anthony Towns. Like Towns is having a was having a great fantasy year. Like on a per game basis, third in eight cat because he's the most what best he's best offensive center in the league, arguably. I haven't even thought about him in so long. I feel like he hasn't played a game in right. like four years. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean Davis in in this format, obviously a, a great help. March Madness is that time of year when your prediction skills are put to the test in your office, friends, or family pool. But with nine quintillion, nine quintillion possible variations, it can be hard even for machines to get the perfect bracket right. Smart Bracket is an app that's been consistently rated by Forbes as the best way to pick your NCAA bracket. Using the latest decision intelligence technology, all you do is answer a few questions on who you think will win and what preferences you have and a fully personalized bracket is made specifically for you. Don't waste your time. Dominate your NCAA March Madness bracket by going to smartbracket.io. Again, that's smartbracket.io and downloading the app today. I want to talk about Coach of the Year. We, we've touched on this one maybe like monthly, but not nearly as much as, as MVP and some of the other major awards. But uh, has a clear candidate really emerged for you at this point with about 20 games left? uh i if you made me vote i would go nick nurse i think that's i think that's fair um yeah i mean the the way that this award has gone recently it has skewed more towards like coach going from good to great rather than like bad to okay you know you've seen in in years past you know where a team will win 
you know, where they were expected to win 25 games and they win 38, and that could be enough. Whereas, right. like, last year it was Budenholzer, and I think Milwaukee probably needed to get to 70 for him to go back-to-back. And coaches, I don't I don't think, has any coach ever won this back-to-back? I feel like we've looked this up before. Know. It almost never happens. So, like, unless they won, like, 74 games, I don't think he was ever going to win it. I think Nurse is right there. Is there another coach in the East who really has a shot? I mean, I, th- I feel like Boston, Miami – has been about what you'd expect. Philly's been disappointing. Yeah, Brad Stevens, I don't know how much credit you give him for Kyrie leaving and Jason Tatum becoming really good. Yeah. Um, Miami's just Miami. I mean, they they got Jimmy Butler out of Bio's really good. I think Nate McMillan has a pretty strong case um as like a sleeper, as he did last year. I mean, yeah. he's just proven to be kind one of the same of the, case, yeah. One of the best uh he's gotta be like what, a top eight coach in the league, like sneaky. Yeah, I would I, I, I would say a lot of a lot of coaches are still coasting on reputation you know like once you get once you get into that like top four top five coaches in the league discussion it's pretty hard to get kicked out of it yeah um but yeah i mean he's certainly knocking on the door i i do think like scott brooks he he certainly won't win it but i think he's done about as good of a job as possible with what's been a pretty terrible roster for the wizards i mean to be to be in ninth place virtually the entire year and if they're just like one like okay player away from like really challenging for the ac the problem is they just it's Brad Beal, and there's like such a massive gap between him and the rest of that roster, which is half G League. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like if they had. I'm trying to think of like a good replacement level player. If they had like Robert Covington, like they yeah, might right. they, they might right. be like running away yes. with the eight seed. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying yeah. they have to go get Damian Lillard. Like if they just had like anybody. No, in the East, it yeah, in the East, I really think it just is Nick Nurse. In the West, I don't, I don't, I can't really give credit to like Vogel, Doc Rivers, no the nuggets just kind of doing what I expected obviously uh quinn snyder is not gonna win it billy donovan um i think yeah deserves some coach of the year buzz although you could almost argue that that's more of a sam presti job um i mean yes and no i think i, I mean I, I think based on the expectations i would give more credit to scott brooks you know, I, I think, sure. I mean, this team went in with an over-under of 32 and a half. Right. So that was, I think that was based on what Sam Presti did. They were expecting 33 wins would be a good year. And they're currently 40 and 24. I think, I mean, I just think that was really heavily skewed towards, like, the potential of Chris Paul getting traded slash hurt slash just, like, sitting out every other game. Fair. And I, I think if you had told people Chris Paul's playing every game, uh, he's not getting traded, et cetera, that that over under would be maybe five wins higher mm-hmm. but I, I think that's fair i think that's fair um I, I also think uh taylor jenkins yeah carlisle always a sleeper can not a sleeper candidate but like the the mavericks are mavericks are actually really good i feel like they don't ever get talked about in the western conference playoff race they, they keep like they, like right when it seems like they're about to break through they'll have a loss that that keeps them in the seventh seed like i think it's really hard to be really hyped up about a team that's in seventh place when you look at the standings but they're not far from being in third place you know they're five games behind denver and seeing a little three next to that team versus seeing a seven i, I think has an impact on that like if they were to go on a run and all of a sudden they're like right in the mix with denver utah okc houston i think we'd start to hear a little more about them but like in terms of how dangerous seven seeds go like that's about as good of a team, even as stacked as the West has been the last few years. Like that's as good of a team as you'll as you'll play as a two seed in round one. Yeah, they um one stat that I thought was at least interesting is against top ten uh point differential teams on the road, Dallas is, has the fourth best 
net rating. Hmm. Um, so they've been they've played well on the road against good teams, which is usually a mark of a good playoff team. Obviously, that's been ten games, so some of that could be fluky in terms of like who was available. I didn't like super dig into the numbers, but their offense has been incredible. And um, if I mean Porzingis has been really good defensively this year, he's been a major part of basically keeping their defense from being like horrible. Yeah, he's bringing their defense from horrible to average, and if he can continue to uh, do that and stay healthy and maybe continue to get healthier mm-hmm. it seems like his knee is like fine but yeah he's had two back-to-back bad games offensively but before that was on a really really nice run where and he and the nice thing is he's playing 37 38 minutes almost right. every night which we didn't really see from him uh early in the season when they were being a little more careful but yeah they're one of those teams that you know if you're if you're denver and you have to play them in round one like that's 50 50 to me or utah yeah, any of those teams. I mean, yeah. Denver, Utah, OKC, Houston. Any of those teams versus Dallas is fifty fifty. Um, I was because I was thinking about if you if you match up Dallas against Denver right now and you draft four, like I think Dallas has you. If you're drafting players out of that game, yeah. you'll either draft Jokic or Doncic first. That's not really my argument. Take whichever one you want. Cancel but those I, guys out. But I think second you would take Porzingis is the third best player in that game in that yeah. series, right? Because you're not. I don't, I wouldn't take Jamal Murray over Chris Dapps Porzingis, and there's nobody else on the Nuggets who I would take over Chris Dapps. Yeah. So I think Dallas has two of the best three players in that series, and Denver obviously they're like the deepest team in the league. They, so they are, but some of that depth has just not played that well, right? You know, I mean, I think they've gotten a nice bounce back year from Will Barton, which has been huge. He was hurt yeah, last been, year, yeah. but. I mean, Gary Harris is shooting 33% from three for the second straight year. Yeah. You know, I think he, it, I hate to say it, in some ways is still kind of just coasting off of that awesome 2017-18. And great 2017. It was. I mean, two seasons ago, he was at 17.5 points per game, 49% shooting, 40% from three thought, on six attempts per game. And I thought he was going to be the guard Robert Covington. Yeah, a lot of people did. Over his last 112 games, so the last two seasons, he's down to 11.7 points 42% from the field, 33% from three on two fewer attempts. So it's just, he just hasn't been the same guy. It's been really bad. Um, they have plenty of options. I mean, that's the one thing where if someone like Gary Harris is playing bad, he can be like, well, here's some Tory Craig minutes. Right. Or maybe we'll play Will Barton 40 minutes a game. Very possible. Yeah. You have the Millsap Grant thing. Um, I get parting ways with Malik Beasley, you know, who they, they clearly weren't going to pay. Um, you Seeing him now, though, it's like, don't you kind of wish you had that guy? coming off the bench you know like especially i mean maybe they don't feel like they're going all in this year because of how strong the two teams ahead of them are but i I still think you kind of want that guy as an option you know you don't did did what they got back for him was that was that really worth it i don't know i mean you kind of wonder if they could have maybe triggered gary harris to like a I can't remember the exact trade but i was always thinking you could maybe give like gary harris to the wizards for something like you could, could you have traded Gary Harris to the Wizards for Bertans? I and possibly like just done that. Like I, I th- don't right. I think you would want like they they they've subtracted a, a player who was having a down year but clearly was capable of more, and just kind of replaced him with nothing. You know, I get they signed Troy Daniels. They got Kata Bates. Job. I saw, I saw Troy Daniels at the end of that Bucks game against the Nuggets. He took a corner three and it hit the top corner of the backboard, yeah. like the side top corner. And He's bounced, having a rough like, year. Out of bounds. It's unbelievable. Yeah, um, I, I somebody like Bertans, like that's for a team like Denver that I don't, I still don't think people take them seriously. They have they're one game behind the Clippers right now, so like record wise, they're right there. In terms of perception, title odds, they're a mile behind, you know. And I, I think they they maybe missed an opportunity to add, like you said, somebody somebody like Bertans who 
maybe the casual fan doesn't even know who that is, but that would have been a major upgrade for them. Yeah. I mean, that's plus like 15% from three if you're trading, if you're swapping him for Harris. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, the, it's just a really interesting matchup because I don't, I don't know. I haven't, well, you know, I, I haven't looked too much into the matchup numbers because I just do that when the playoffs start. Yeah. But I don't really trust the Nuggets backcourt to like really guard Luka Doncic. Um, they don't have any like true stoppers. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think Millsap can do a good job on Porzingis. But if you start playing Porzingis at center and Jokic has to start running out on him from the three-point line, that's going to be an issue. And then maybe they'll just try to go big and I don't know. But I he's going to just shoot over Paul Millsap because that's what Porzingis does. He doesn't he doesn't post up and like back guys down. He he gets as close as possible and just shoots over the people. So yeah, a lot of these big games he's had recently have been games where he's gotten hot like in the pick and pop. You know, he's he's hitting these like. 28 foot threes yeah. you know it's not like he's just bullying guys with the size but he still has that ability as a role man he's not he's not going to catch the ball make a move and get to the rim but like if he's coming down the lane he can basically dunk over anybody it, it's kind of like watching deandre jordan last night it was like i kind of forgot how insane he is as a finisher just yeah. being that athletic and that big like a lot of shots that for some big men just kind of roll out or you, you know you put too much on it and it bangs off the glass like just being able to be that big, that athletic, and dunk everything is is a pretty huge skill. Yeah, when he does end up in the pick and roll, and he gets a good, they get a good action out of it, and he dunks. He when he gets like a a one or two, you know, like I, I want to say like a sprint, but if he gets a head of steam and goes up for the yeah. dunk, it's crazy. Like his head's at the rim, no problem. Right. Like it, you know. Yeah, you kind of forget how athletic he is. I mean, he's for his size, it's it's unbelievable. Okay, a few more quick things on uh, gambling before we get out of here. I, there's no odds for this. I, I haven't really looked into it all that much, but executive of the year. I don't think we've touched oh. on this once this year. Is there anybody who who comes to mind? Usually it's just like whoever makes the big offseason addition. So I think I would imagine the Clippers are, you know, I, I don't I don't really I know who else. Like the, I, for that, but I guess, well, acquiring Paul George to right. get Kawhi Leonard, I think that is... The Clippers and the Lakers are kind of washed to me. I mean, I know the Lakers made their biggest move two off seasons ago but they both went all in on getting on getting premier talent i do wonder though if like i don't know how seriously people even vote on this stuff but like would they be penalized for giving up as much as they did you know like is it are you the executive of the year if you had to surrender your next seven draft picks and a great young guard and to OK, get those guys and okc has only four fewer wins than you yeah right like i i think like presti would be the executive of the year in that situation <laughs> even though one team got Kawhi and paul george i think like the better pure move was what okc did Yes. Um, I think Maury would have had a chance if the Nug if if Houston if Houston wins fifty games, he'll have a shot. But they should. They're forty and they're yeah, they're forty and twenty four right now. Um like I think if they were second in the let's say they they were second in the West over either the Lakers or the Clippers, I think he would have won. Like if they trading Paul for Westbrook is a huge move and then trading Capella yeah. to go small ball is a huge move. And that, that would be something where if you can be a top two or three seed, people are just going to say that was all Maury. Especially if they had gone like 35 and five after the trade, you yes. know, if they made all that hay after making the move. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I, he's somebody that would be on my radar. I, I don't think he'll win it this year. And I think some credit is given to D- D'Antoni too, for being able to adjust on the fly, but basically making the Westbrook move work yes. and making, Westbrook kind of turning Westbrook into this ideal player is 
I, I guess it's I guess it's kind of Mori. Like he he was the one who had the confidence to to make that trade when no one really believed that it made any sense. What if the Pelicans make the playoffs? Because Zion, yeah. Lonzo, Ingram, they kept Holiday. Right. Favors was a pretty strong ad. Jackson Hayes hasn't played a ton, but yep. he looks good. You technically get credit Melly. for drafting Zion. I mean, that's an... where did Nico Melli come from? Yeah, I mean JJ Redick has given them nothing. I guess that's maybe the one black mark for Griffin. I don't know. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you can kind of make the same argument for them as you can OKC, where you know I, I don't think anybody thought the Pelicans got fleeced necessarily, but clearly the return that they got ended up being I think even better than they thought it would be. Yeah, I think um, I if if Billy Donovan won Coach of the Year and um, who's the GM of the Pelicans? Can I remember his Griffin. name? Griffin. Griffin won Executive of, of the Year. I would have no arguments with that. No, I, I I do firmly think it'll be Nurse for Coach of the Year, I but I, I think I think Donovan is very deserving and would be a pretty close second. Who would be worst GM of the year? Uh, RC Buford. No, well, I don't know. Well. I think he's um, immune. Like he's not allowed to get that title. I don't know. Um, Steve Mills. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Garpax. Whoever's running the show in Detroit. <laughs> Actually, I trading Drummond. I think absolves. I mean, the, the <laughs> fact that they only got Henson Knight and like a second rounder is horrible. But uh, I just. I think deciding to actually do the thing and move on yeah. from Drummond. I think absolves. Uh, absolve that, that that organization um i think minnesota yeah i mean i guess getting d'angelo russell is worth something but i don't think anyone expects that to work out actually no that no they haven't been that bad they haven't been that bad i'm, I'm just trying, trying to think of like the stuff that happened immediately like this off season where the kings always like <laughs> yeah. the de- signing deadman re-signing harrison barnes <laughs> yeah, signing the, Corey joseph actually that's okay yeah that's and then not making the playoffs. Yeah, um, right. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. The Spurs stuff basically happened last year, so that, that doesn't count. Right. Yeah, um, that, that spiral kind of began last offseason. Yeah. Uh, okay, I have a couple uh, lines that I want to ask you if they're too high or too low. And these, are, these are all futures. The Celtics, plus 1,700 to win the NBA title. Is that too high or is that too low? Oh, wait. Hey, excuse me. It has now changed. I, I made this list yesterday. Celtics are now plus 2,000. Too high or too low? Um, 20 to 1. I mean, if you... I think if you played this season out 20 times, maybe. But I, uh, so I don't think, think it's... you think it's spot on? Uh, it's, a little, it's a little low for me. I the, would t- want... The Timberwolves I, are plus 80,000. <laughs> so if you played the season out 800 times... Uh, I think I would want closer to 25 or 30 for the Celtics. I just, um, I think getting through, getting through, it'll be tough for them to, to get all the way through. That's all. I mean, they have to beat a lot of good teams. It's really tough this year for the first time in a while, because for five years before this, you had the Warriors in one conference where you could get pretty decent odds to like get to the finals for some of these East teams. But there was this team that was just unbeatable at the end. And I don't think you we don't have a team that's on that level, but you have the Bucks in one conference and then you have two teams in the West that are pretty close that are if you're not betting on one of those three teams, like if you want to bet on the Rockets, say that means you're getting by at you have to beat at least one of the Lakers or the Clippers in a series, if not both. Right. And then you and then your reward is you have to play the Bucks. You know, like it's just such an uphill battle no matter what if you're betting on any 
any but those three teams? It's 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 hard for me for the Celtics when I think well, first of all, Kemba, his knee, I don't I don't know. Yeah, if that's, that's fine. not looking great. Um, and then I think you know basically whoever the if they went up against one of the LA teams, uh, they would have what the third best player in that series. That's yeah, kind of tough. That's the thing. That's tough. Yeah, and and the, they have nice depth, but I mean, in a lot of years, this Celtics team would be good enough, I think, to make the finals. You if know, something, the, I mean, sorry, if something weird happened, like if if it was a Celtics Rockets finals, yeah, then sure, like sure, the Celtics could win, right? But yeah, well, that's the other thing. It's like, what are the chances that you don't get one of those teams that we just talked about as kind of being the the end boss? And I, I mean, you do have to factor in like the possibility of injuries, which. Every postseason, some team gets hit. You know, you kind of this time at this time of year, it's kind of hard to think about it. But like every year, there's some some sort of injury. Whether it's you, know, you can go, basically pick out one big one, if not multiple, from every year. I mean, I'm I'm thinking like you know Chris Bosh when the Heat were on in the middle of their run, you know, going down with that abdominal injury. All, yeah. all of a sudden, they become extremely vulnerable, almost lose to Indiana. You know, I mean, first Cavs year, you have both Love and Kyrie out for the finals. Obviously, the Warriors this past year, like something will happen. Like the chances that davis lebron Kawhi, paul george Giannis, middleton harden westbrook every single one of those guys is 100 percent healthy throughout the playoffs sadly isn't great and you can kind of make that case i guess for every team but um you know you do have to consider i, I guess that that's kind of baked into the odds i think a bet on celtics i think a bet on anybody to come out of the east or win the title other than the bucks is a bet on Giannis's knee not being fine yes and as you say that i just got a notification he is practicing today Oh, so that is fantastic news. Bucks, I believe, play tomorrow. Right? I think they play the Celtics tomorrow. Interesting. Yeah, they're home against Boston tomorrow. I I wouldn't expect them to play, but it's a good sign. I guess practicing. Too high or too low? 76ers at plus 2,500. I think these teams should have the same odds. Actually, does does today's Simmons news change that at all? Yeah. I mean, I, I think if 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 i if i was guaranteeing a healthy ben simmons then i would actually i think still prefer the 76ers yep, i agree i'm still in that camp as much as we've seen over and over again that the 76ers give us no reason to believe in them mm-hmm. if simmons is not healthy if simmons just doesn't play um i think they could easily get bounced in the first round uh yep. and yeah i i would want these to be closer i think if you put both celtics and 76ers at plus 2300 yeah that would be fine. I would almost flip them. I think. I think. The, I think the Sixers should be at plus two thousand, even though all these guys are hurt and there are all these variables. Like, they're the team that if it does come down to like Lakers Sixers, you know, then like I kind of like them in a potential final matchup like that more than I do like Boston. Where like if Philly somehow can get there, I at least like their chances to beat one of the LA teams more than I like Boston's chances to do that. If that makes sense. I mean, I've liked the Seventy Sixers all year. I think at. Um... At some point preseason, they were either nine to one. I think they were around nine to one to win the title, and mm-hmm. I really liked that. I thought that was pretty good. And yeah. So, I continue to like you know plus twenty three hundred. Too high, too low. The Miami Heat plus seven hundred to win the East. That's the same odds as the Celtics, and that's slightly worse than the Raptors, who are plus six fifty. Better odds than Philly, who's at plus nine hundred. That's fine that's fine so one out of seven times yeah we're, we're assuming uh we're assuming a. I don't even know one out of seven times i feel like i i know it seems a little low see it's it's low do you think these are artificially low well actually no because the celtics one went up uh, that might be because of kemba yeah i was wondering if the youngest injury pushed some of these odds in a different direction but um 
Yeah, I would I would say that, and just seeing the Bucks lose fairly convincingly yeah. to the Lakers. I mean, that, that could just be overreactionary too. But yeah, I think the combination of that plus the injury, I think I'd want a thousand plus a thousand plus eleven hundred. Yeah, I just don't feel good enough about any of those East teams I mean, to I really that, make that bet. You know, like if you could bet Bucks or Field, I think I'd be more interested in that sure. than like picking which one. Because like to me, Toronto, Boston, Miami, Philly at full strength are all pretty comparable. I would have a hard time saying this is the team that's right. going to beat Milwaukee. I think um, I think the Heat do match up really well against Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I think the Heat and 76ers match up against Milwaukee better than the Celtics do. I think the Celtics would have the toughest time against Milwaukee. Yo, oh, yeah. I think they would admit that as well. Right. Uh, too high or too low? The Denver Nuggets, plus 1,000 to win the West. That's enticing. It's a little enticing. Third highest um, odds behind the Lakers, Clippers. Houston's at plus 650. There's a world where uh, if they play the Lakers or Clippers where Jokic is the second best player in that series. Sure. Um, probably not likely. Is there a 10 to 1 chance that happens? Sure. Um, I, I don't know. We're, we just talked about them losing to Dallas in the first round. Like, no, I, I, think I, this is, I think this is too well, low. I know, but uh, if we're talking about ceilings, I mean, this is all about like what is the absolute yeah, ceiling yeah, of a right, team. Right. And is if they play up to their ceiling, is there a 10 to 1 chance that they beat one of the LA teams? I mean, it's the 10 one. to 1 chance that they get there and win. You know, it's yeah. not just like right. in that series. Like, you got to also get through the first two rounds, presumably. Yeah, I'd probably want a little more. 10 to 1 is interesting. I think I would actually pull the trigger on like 15 or 20. Right. I would literally do it, but yeah. see, the reason I don't like that is because you're going to play one of those teams in the second round, you know? Like you have to get through both, most likely. Assuming that assuming that the Clippers and Lakers are are the top two, yeah. You have to beat them both. And that's that's a lot that's to ask. Tough. Yeah. For for ten to one, I don't th- I don't think that happens one out of ten times. No, I now, think I, Yeah, I would it's probably best to just wait until the seeds get settled before you start. Yeah, I don't think these. you're going to get like I don't think if you really like that bet for some reason, I don't think it's going to go down that much. I don't think you know? lose a ton of value. I would no, rather not at know all. the opponent. I would rather know the path and then right. get worse odds. Than- yeah, I don't think you'd be like, God, it's down to plus nine fifty now. Like, what was I? <laughs> what was I thinking? Like, it's not high enough. You know, if it was like if it was like plus four thousand for the Nuggets to win yeah. the West, I'd be like, yeah, why not? But just not enough value. However, you can get Dallas at plus two thousand. I mean. I just said I like those teams pretty much evenly. I don't I, know. I mean, I still wouldn't. I still wouldn't make that bet. But I like Dallas at plus two thousand more than I like Denver at plus one thousand. Yeah, I would like Dallas. I, I will be eyeing up Dallas. I think on a round to round basis, or maybe sure. even a game to game basis. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Six man of the year, too high or too low? Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard are all plus twenty five thousand. Is that too high or too low? Um. Can they like collectively win sixth man like the Hawks when they got collectively voted yeah. Eastern Conference Player of the Month? I'd be, Is that what happened? In, I would like, be okay with that actually. I mean, if if you could like if you could throw Caruso in there instead of Rondo, like the Kuzma Caruso Howard trio win sixth be- man of the year. I can't believe how little Caruso's played over the past like two or three games. It was inexcusable, in- inexcusable. Last night was the same thing too. Rondo was not on. In that game, he's not just a meme. He's actually really good. I forget who it was. I, maybe on the Windhorse Pod, somebody said that they believe that the Lakers are saving him as like a secret weapon for the playoffs. Everybody knows he's good at defense. He's not a secret. I th- but I think they think, like, come playoff time or in certain matchups, we'll see like no Rondo and it'll be like twenty five minutes of Caruso. That they just don't want to put it on tape. <laughs> maybe Gotta I don't know. The, the Caruso sample. He's fully the right? new Delhi now, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would. 
I'm surprised. Maybe I, maybe I've missed it, but has no one done like the Caruso profile? No, I don't think I've. I actually think that would be a really interesting read. I think so too. I think he like, actually had like a a super like weird path. Well, not weird, but like just very like Geely. He was like a Geely guy yeah, who right. came up and then good, uh, not great college player. Yeah, and I mean, I think it would just be interesting because he he seems like he's pretty self aware. Kind of in the oh, same yeah. kind of in the same way that Delhi was, you know, yeah. where like. I don't think Delhi actually ever believed he was a superstar. And I don't think Caruso really believed that he was like the sixth best guard when all-star returns I, came in. You know, I, I think it would just be really interesting to get like the, his perspective of like, what is it like to be a guy who sometimes plays two minutes in a game and yet gets MVP chance at the free throw line? Like, do you actually like it? Is it weird being that guy? Like, I, I would love to know that. The only, the only thing really stopping Delhi from becoming, you know, an equal level of meme as Caruso was the fact that Delhi could not dunk and that Caruso True. can fly in for putbacks and like he actually right. skies. That is the thing. He's kind of like Delhi was so much more like scrappy. If Caruso Caruso dunk, looks like he's scrappy, but he's really not. Like he's more of a finesse guy than Delhi it certainly ever was. Yeah, I feel like if Caruso didn't have a 40-inch vertical, <laughs> he would not nearly be as prominent. He also needs the finals moment, I think. Like if he has a big if he if they're playing in the finals and he hits like two big threes down the stretch in a home win, you know, I think that that'll elevate him to like potentially dangerous levels. <laughs> Whereas like Delhi literally put himself in the hospital playing in the finals. <laughs> and like that, add, right. right. That added to the legend, you know, it's like he would like, if you followed the Cavs that year, you're like, Oh, this scrappy little Australian guy, you yeah. know, he was kind of funny, but I don't think people really understood how, or like the hype didn't get that crazy until the playoffs. And Caruso's never played in the playoffs before. You know, obviously the Lakers didn't make it last year or the year before, um, so I think it could, it could get to crazy levels, but if any actual journalists are listening to this, someone please write that profile. Uh, the Dwight Howard one is actually, <laughs> all right, passable. I mean, that, that's, it is. that's one that you can be like, if Dwight, if you, if the ballot went 15 players, Dwight would be in the top 15. Yes, right? absolutely. No you question. put a hundred bucks on that to win $25,000. Of course you can get Derek Rose at plus 1000, who is not going to play another game this year. D Rose is Danny LaRue's number one guy right now. So that's something to keep in mind. I mean, the odds are actually really weird and flat for six man because I think right now it's Schroeder followed by um followed by Lou Williams, followed by Montrez. But yeah. I don't really know where the voting like really is gonna go. I mean I, I this is this is one that always is just like a default award, right? And that's why it's always Crawford or Lou Williams. I think this year it'll be Schroeder. I think the odds say that and OKC, given how yeah. well they're playing, um, I haven't I haven't done like a full dive into the like the Schroeder versus Lou Williams numbers. Yeah. But there's a shocking lack of true candidates beyond that, though. Like after those three that you named, it goes from Lou Williams at plus 400 to Goran Dragic at plus 8000. Like there is no in between. I uh, Dragic actually isn't bad for a candidate. No, I mean he's not bad, but like the past three months, I mean he he started off pretty slow, but like he's been good since the yeah. all, since the All Star break. He has been like really helping them. Yeah, I, I think I would have liked Bogdanovich for this award early on. He just he's kind of been up and down and was hurt. Um, I mean he's at plus ten thousand. I think though that would have been incredible value. He's early on. He's like the ideal six man candidate. Like that's right. his ceiling is like six man of the year. No, exactly. Like he's a starter coming off the bench, and like yeah. that's who usually wins this award. Whereas like a lot of the other guys in that range, like George Hill. Serge Ibaka, Patty Mills, like those guys are not even close to being real candidates. And I don't really like giving the award to guys who ended up playing a ton of minutes because someone got hurt. 
Like, it, like I, I wouldn't want to give Serge Ibaka the award because Marcus Gasol got hurt. Yeah. I understand maybe that's a reason people do want to give Serge Ibaka the award because it's like, well, Serge Ibaka helped keep yeah. the Raptors together while Gasol was hurt. He might end up starting too many games anyway. I, don't, I never know what the threshold is for this. Yeah. Um, but he's got 27 starts. That's actually not as many as I thought, so maybe not. I mean, I think it's down, It's probably Schroeder or one of the Clippers guys, right? That's a, yeah. that's a virtual lock at this point. Yeah. Okay, we'll wrap this up. You got some video stuff to do here. Um, you'll be back with Ken and Shannon on Friday. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back with, with three a week, you know, through the end of the regular season. And I actually misspoke. I said most teams have, like, 20 games left. It's even less than that for, for most teams. I mean, we're looking at – I think the Sixers had 18 left maybe. So the the most that any team has played, Dallas, Portland, and Atlanta have all played 66. So 16 games left for those teams. And – the Lakers and Spurs have played the fewest games at 63. So no team has even 20 games remaining. And every team has between 16 and 19. We're at the home stretch. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.